for our claps from now on, but they're getting so good we might not. And speaking of drums, well done. Well done. That was a weird scene. Are we all here today? <laughs> I'm not sure. Are we ever really here? Mm, that is the question. I don't know. Perhaps we're all a just question. a figment of our listeners' imaginations. <laughs> or we're a figment of George's imagination, but he did not write us in his episode today. No. Mm. Yeah, we're not being slowly tortured, so we're probably not his characters. <laughs> well, speak for yourself, Eric. You don't know what I had to deal with today. <laughs> <laughs> was it a terrible Mother's Day for you, Zach? It was a great Mother's Day. All of my kids were, thanks, Mom, thanks. And I was like, you little shits. And it was, it was beautiful. Well, we thought today in honor of Mother's Day, we would have on one of our favorite GOT moms, from winteriscoming.net, Mrs. Susan Miller. Hey! Hi! Yes. Is it cool if we call you that? Because I know you like to be called uh, a phrase instead of a name. Ours is the fury. Yes, I like to be addressed formally, you know, to instill a measure of fear between us. I think we're all scared. <laughs> I think we're all scared too scared to talk yeah, right it's now. Just <laughs> That's what it is. We're all just sitting here in silence. That's the problem with being deadpan, is it really doesn't play when you're not looking somebody in the face and they can't see that you're <laughs> being utterly ridiculous. Well, we tried our hand at deadpan humor this week on our, our Twitter account. We just tweeted the word French, <laughs> and that was a bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> right? Bad idea, because we have an email address that a lot of you guys use, and it's great and wonderful, and we love talking back with you guys and reading some of them on the show, but I mean, I think I speak for all of us here when I say the fringe slash French emails, there's like over 57,000 You know, of them though, now. that's great, because it's a good way to remind, you know, people of, of you know, they, they really feel compelled to write in, so it's like, we, we actually have listeners. I think we should yeah, make a habit of this. this. Yes, we did. Before this, we didn't um, know... <laughs> We weren't sure that our email was working mm. and, and that or <laughs> some, somehow that uh, perhaps all of my efforts to give the contact information at the end of the episode may have been falling on deaf ears. But no, as soon as we well, make that's because you're always afraid that the email address is going to change. Change. When in fact, yeah. It remains the same. All now the time. we know. So thanks. Thankfully, we made a blunder big enough. Well, eh, you can, some might call it a blunder. It has been referred thusly. Oh, uh, yeah. By the email. I mean, it could hardly. And I mean, worse. it wasn't a blunder. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it's just like we recorded the episode like four minutes after it aired. And one person was like, hey, I heard French. And it was like hanging out with friends. We're like, hey, you heard French, too? We all heard French. <laughs> I mean, it was Paris, France and Westeros. Yeah, it was supposed to be fun. But I think that our listeners and the, the, the world and I agree with you guys in this matter. Fashion is not to be fucked around with. So from now on, we're keeping we it straight and narrow. Chris Collars. <laughs> Yeah, I got. I actually have uh, some collar ties in and some little uh, little uh, cuffs at the end of my. Uh, I got a little cufflinks <laughs> there on my fringe, fringe sleeves. I had no a dinner tonight, jacket. Though. I watched None. tonight's episode in a dinner jacket, which I had worn to Mother's Day. But now I'm just in a bathrobe chilling. I, it is Mother's that's Day. Nice. That's quite the change. <laughs> yeah, I needed. I needed to cool down after that uh, Theon scene. Oh, did you issues? Oh dear. No, that was. I love, by the way, how else. with Theon, it's like when Jamie lost his hand a few episodes ago, we were all like, no, Jamie. And here with Theon, it's just like, uh. <laughs> well, now him and Varys can go out to the clubs together. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the chop, though, guys, so we don't know yet. Well, I mean, he implied it, it was going to happen. And, you know, there's just so many people on the show now who don't have penises that it's just safe to assume <laughs> between oh. that. The unsullied and virus. I mean, I think it's just safer at this point to assume that a cast member doesn't have a penis. 
than it is to assume that they do have one. I mean, that's the end game. That's the George's ultimate goal is to make all of them penis less by book seven. Oh, wow. And then Daenerys rules the king. (laughs) I see it. Okay. We did mention, you know, Uncle Ray, our benefactor for this week's episode, and all of the gruesome scenes, as well as all the cool scenes in this episode, of which there were one or two or three or four, um, are, you know, directly, they go back to him who wrote this episode. Not only the book that this series is based on, but tonight's episode. So that's, that's pretty cool. I like, I actually like, some people may freak, freak out and be like, he should be writing the books. What's he doing writing a screenplay, adapting his own book for TV or whatever? But I, I'm really cool. I, I, like, I think it's really cool that he's working on the show and occasionally providing a screenplay for, you know, one of the episodes. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous when people act like he should be, you know, chained to his keyboard because people need to do work on different <laughs> projects, you know, like, I mean, they do because it keeps you more motivated to work on. I mean, I write, so I know that you need to work on different projects because it keeps you more stimulated. Even if you never work on anything but the same book, he's going to burn out like completely. So that's ridiculous. That's the last thing you want. Yeah. Is, is, Absolutely. is Uncle Ray to burn out? And just from what Micah was saying too, like this episode where we had the Rob scene, for instance, Rob and his wife, um, the lovely what's her face, you know, he never wrote <laughs> nice. from the Rob perspective when he had the books. So. You know, tonight's episode, having to write a scene with Rob, I thought that was probably a cool experience for him. Yeah, although speaking of the books, I mean, that scene, is anyone else just like super confused right now? I do find myself wondering uh, which scenes he wrote for sure, because I know they shuffled around some scenes into different episodes. Mm. So he didn't write every scene in that every scene in that episode, but we don't know necessarily. I know he didn't write the bear pit scene. Oh, <gasps> really? That was well, my Winter favorite. Boo completely took that scene over so he really didn't need to do much writing. <laughs> I, mean, I think the guys at anchorman wrote that scene actually, actually. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> but, um, is it like am i would i be like immature to think that that was like a real bear or was any bit of that real do you think it was a real bear yeah I, absolutely they a bear. I, dude okay. didn't you see his credit i mean that, that that's like my <laughs> own of the episode bart the bear Winter boo oh <laughs> he was in the credits dude come on <laughs> Jesus, I need to Did get a bigger credits, TV Eric? for my living room, apparently. <laughs> I have like 13-inch TV, and it's like not working for me anymore. Okay. They filmed special in Los Angeles. It was the first time they filmed like in the United States. They actually um, flew Gwendolyn Christie and uh, Nikolai into Los Angeles to do specifically that. God, you guys never read my news stories, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Selena, I'm sorry. It. My comment points to larger issues. I, I read it. <laughs> good, I agree. Good. Well done. With what you said. <laughs> so, so going back though, what was the issue with the scene between Rob and Talisa. Oh, well, the there was no uh, issue. I liked the scene, but it's just the her reveal that she's pregnant was very interesting, mm-hmm. I thought. And I wonder where's that going to go? Well, I mean, I just think they're setting up things that are going to happen in the next couple of episodes and that's an important piece of information. Maybe maybe he feels a need to protect her so she's not going to end up going with them moving forward. I, I that that would be my guess is that 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 device is placed there so that she has a reason now to in a way be protected because she's carrying Rob's child. It was a lovely scene though. I liked it. I thought it was nice because we don't get them two together that much, you know. See, I have a slightly awkward problem in that I kind of know some stuff about that, but I it's like very unofficial <laughs> in terms of like Wix spoilers that we never published. Up. I mean, it's not about like I don't care about you guys don't shit but like i can't like talk i don't know how to like talk about it without that's why i was like 
when I saw that scene, I was like, I kind of knew why they were putting that on that scene. And I was like, ah. Well, I thought it was cute. (laughs) I mean, mean, she tried bringing up the pregnancy thing more than once. She said, uh, what was it? They're going to go see her mother. And she's like, we'll have plenty of surprises. Hint, hint. And he didn't, he didn't take the hint. He's just like, I love you. She's like, uh. Let's bone. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was a nice scene because I'm a huge Rob fan. And it was cool to see him just chilling for a moment. And it just, I watch these scenes and it makes me think of my I don't want to say modern mind because who's to say this is planet isn't two solar systems to the left, mm-hmm. but it makes me think that these are nice people. They're talking to each other. They're flirting. They're hanging out and they're just having a great time. They're going to have a baby. This is so exciting. It's mother's day. How excited to have a baby. <laughs> Why can't they just share a glass of wine with Tywin and yada, 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 yeah. and just be like, guys, I got a family on the way. The planet is big. Please mm-hmm. take your castle. We'll even come hang out sometimes. Just let's not fight. Isn't and life beautiful? It just makes scenes like this make me want to, you know, they're just like, ah, oh, could we stop the bad shit? But obviously that's the reason we're all here is because the bad shit's cool to see someone else go through. So <laughs> great. Well, isn't, uh, isn't she going to teach uh, Rob Stark Valyrian as well? Um, she said that in this episode. She was going to teach him how to say some things. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> yeah. It seemed to me like the letter was meant to be kind of suspicious. They keep dropping all these little suspicious letters. <laughs> I know. I thought she was evil. That's what I thought, th- first of all. I was like, who is she writing to? What's happening? <laughs> She's probably in league with Daenerys. Like a lot of people along the line keep thinking that she is like a spy because she's always mm. writing letters like in the middle of a war zone she's she, they're like have, <laughs> they have like war movements going on and she's writing freaking letters like and now she's, she's tweeting is what she's doing Westeros <laughs> <laughs> Twitter and it's just funny she's still she's writing a letter in a foreign language and it's like still mm. kind of shady <laughs> like, you're right so. that is a little suspect yeah I mean perhaps it's her mother mother tongue you know like her mother may only speak Valyrian if that's where she's from. Um, but well, I obviously, yeah. yeah. But hmm. who knows? Well, speaking of mothers in this particular episode and this particular scene with Catelyn, I mean, she seems to think that Rob is continuing to screw up this relationship that he has with Walder Frey. She's in every meeting. Can she just not be in every meeting? Every time we see Ro- uh, Rob get get together with his head, she's there looking half like a prisoner and then also being able to weigh in. It's just like you can't have – he gets wishy-washy over whether she's a prisoner or not. He should either have her in the room or not. You know, But she's still kind of sulking and bounding about you know, with her hands tied and – it's, I don't know. It bothers me. It bothers me too. I think it's tough. I mean, it's it's his mom. You know what I mean? And it's just keeping her like in chains like that is sort of, it's odd to me. It's pretty well botched up the dynamic with Kat and Rob this season. So that's mm-hmm. why we're getting like a weird vibe between the two of them. It's just yeah. not, it's just not working. I mean, yeah. <laughs> There's a, it's always, <laughs> it's always weird. And then like the Blackfish is like, <laughs> he's not really like the, I mean, I hate to like make the comparison between like the books and him, but like. He's he's all right. I really enjoy him in the show, actually. Like, I know we've only seen him for a couple of episodes or a couple of scenes even, but I think he's sort of a character that comes in and they give him all these zingers and stuff like that. Like, I think they're really <laughs> setting him up to be a badass. He's all badass, but he's, I mean, I, I, I try to be pretty open-minded as far as book changes, but it's hard when somebody is does something that is a complete 180 from the book, then it kind of takes me out of it. Because you're like, oh, let me, you know, let me readjust my... You know, I usually do okay once I completely readjust my expectation, but like last week when he was saying he would like 
punch Edmir in the face for refusing to get married when it's a pretty major point in the books that the blackfish is he's kind of a black sheep because he refused to get married when he was ordered mm. to that's a pretty right. ma- major point of character so for me I'm still adjusting to that whiplash of like wow so this is a different blackfish he's still physically he's a warrior he's a badass but he's not so independent anymore so I'm like okay so he's he's kind of a new character and apparently I read apparently they have the writers have said he's supposed to kind of be like the the uh, the great john as well mm-hmm. so that's right. why he's his personality is different so but okay see, it's different i just can't i just can't hold any more character like changes within me than the gendry thing so anything else that happens i'm just like that's cool whatever i don't care <laughs> just <laughs> it's, it's overflowing it's spilling out yeah i'm rolling with the gendry thing i'm like okay let's just deal with it <laughs> see i'm not because i'm so terrified that they're gonna kill him off like i'm just dying <laughs> over here <laughs> can we talk about that for a moment so melisander says to him there is power in a king's blood and he thinks she's gonna like help him you know maybe raise an army and get some some power but she's talking about like extracting the blood Mm -hmm. from him and using it to fuel the flames (laughs) i think wow these these there could not be two characters who are further apart and yet so next to each other I kind of liked her in this episode. I thought she was just going to make a shadow baby with yeah, her. Yeah, because Stannis <laughs> was like, make another baby, and she's like, you're too weak. So maybe maybe you've got a point there. Yeah, I mean, Gendry's more man. <laughs> yeah. He's got plenty of juices. Oh, God. Well, Gendry is a person. I think you're jealous, Selena, of Melisandre hanging out with Gendry. Aish. I would rather... It's an older girl. It's not just Arya. You have competition now. It's true. It's tough for me. But I mean, as long as they don't kill him off, I don't really care. (laughs) Or they go the Theon uh, road with him. I thought it was was a great device, though, because she's basically talking him up and telling him how he doesn't need to really focus on the fact that he's this low-born individual. She even references the fact that her mother was a slave and that she was a slave. And I don't know if we get as much context to her character... And her backstory in the series, I could be just forgetting that. And I wonder if that was one of those things that George R. R. Martin wrote into this particular episode. I thought that was interesting. That actually, it's it's in the books kind of, but that's way ahead. So she she is a slave, but we don't find that out until much later on. So I thought that was interesting that we found that out a lot sooner than mm-hmm. we do in the books. So that's it's kind of nice just getting to know her a little bit sooner. I do feel like the major overarching theme of this episode and a lot that we've been seeing recently but very very strong in this episode with act with danny's actions and with melisandre's lines there i i believe that the concept of equality is going to be a strong core that's going to be ring out throughout the foreseeable future in the plot i'm seeing freeing slaves equal people Mm. it's like we have a reason to support Danny ish for these sort of terrible things she's doing as far as the murder and et cetera is going because she has a good mission behind her. She's freeing slaves. Mm-hmm. Like that's her that's her spin. That's her good thing. And on the flip side, we've got someone who we think is bad, Melisandra, that was like, hey, I was a slave and look at me now. You know, I'm riding ships and standing beside kings and birthing shadow babies. You can too. <laughs> it's a good right. thing to mind. It is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it's funny you say that about equality, though, and not to jump totally off track. Like, I really want to talk about the Danny thing. But I mean, I got that 
from the Ygritte and uh, John scene so much this week. Like that was just all of that was just hammering us over the head with the fact that no, no, you know, I'll take you to Winterfell. Maybe I'll take you to Winterfell, <laughs> like in your face, and like you belong to me as I belong to you. And like it was like a whole Disney kind of song. Well, Osha also said the same thing in her scene. She did. She did. That was uh, that was. It. There's a lot of repetition. Have you guys noticed this season? There's a lot of repetition. Like they repeat lines, like long lines. Well, there's catchphrases. Like Hodor? Like, she still <laughs> says, that was the best Hodor. Was that not the best Hodor ever? All right. Not, not to there's pull off track. There's been a lot of good Hodors. I was, I was literally talking to Christian before we started recording, and he specifically wanted to tell me to include on the show. He was like, when they were in ADR and they were tracking this, this is the, what he referenced in an episode back a little bit ago where he was on and he said... His direction on this was, all right, Christian, we're going to need you to give us the best Hodor ever. (laughs) (laughs) So this was it. (laughs) Hodor. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. But yeah, well, so it was, I guess it was a surprise to Gendry. Can we still talk about that for a second? Like Mm -hmm. his heritage, like Ned Stark knew that like from a small five minute meeting that, you know, when he was still smithing in King's Landing and Flea Bottom, that he was the bastard son of, of Robert. Now... Are we to really believe that Gendry, like, is just figuring this out for himself now? Well, how would he know? How would Melisandre know? Well, Melisandre knows everything. She's mm. seeing in the flames. Known. Flames, man. The flames. <laughs> but so he didn't know. I guess he just never put two together, but I don't know. It's it's. I was so happy when she told him. I love reveals. I love when, like, Doctor Who. I love Doctor Who so much mm-hmm. because, for example, we're going to hang out with Vincent Van Gogh today. And not only are we going to hang out with him, we're going to take him into the future yeah. where he's this celebrated, amazing artist. And so he can cry and be so happy about it. That is awesome. Yeah. So I love when those walls are broken. She literally just turned to him. And I was so happy George wrote it because it just it felt great. It felt real. And I think that maybe he felt like this was the time for it to come out for Gendry. I don't know how it happens in the the books, but from a show perspective, I thought it felt nice. And then I started to get goose flesh because I just thought it was cool that, okay, Gendry knows that Robert was his dad and Robert was a badass. So that's something to be proud of. It's true in his prime. And you know what? You're right. And I think that that is, uh, that was to, to an extent empowering uh, for Gendry. You know, it's, it's almost like, again, it's like he can choose his own destiny. Um, but that makes me worried and suspicious about yeah. <laughs> what Melisandre has planned for him. I'm just terrified. I just, I like Gendry. I think he's a good guy at heart. And I have a feeling that his newfound relationship with this chick is not going to turn out too well for him. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, we get more Gendry and we get fun stuff like this. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah. How did she get through Blackwater Bay? That's what I want to know. Didn't they check her passport or anything? Don't they have a Navy? Customs? Aren't they on the lookout for her and Stannis and others? I mean, she can probably make the ship invisible. That is true. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) She saw how in the flames. (laughs) She she does, but apparently the people that work on the cleanup crew in King's Landing don't because this has been a little bit of time enough to kind of clean up the rubble, I would think. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just... I didn't know they were at, and that's not a real big point to pick at or anything, but I didn't know at first they were even at King's Landing until she made, you know, physical references toward the building and I got to see it, obviously. But mm-hmm. I was watching HBO Go and as Sue and Selena and I all know, this is a dangerous thing. Sometimes you don't get to see the actual picture very well. <laughs> I was hoping for Barry Treasure. 
<laughs> you know, I think that that could be inserted at the end of any phrase. I went to the store today, but I was hoping for buried treasure. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're going to get with the show, guys. It's like, what, three episodes a week and we don't have to pay for anything? I really hope that there's some buried treasure. Oh, it's the show <laughs> at the end of this. That's all. That's everything. Well, you know what is. is usually depicted as buried treasure? Gold. Yes. True. Mm, Great yes. segue by Micah. I believe you're directing us. Well, it's toward... really a, it is kind of a segue. It's kind of like a it's it's kind of like a semicircle. We're going like we're going back <laughs> to the point we were talking about before with with Daenerys. But I, I don't know. I feel like she should just let it be. Like I feel like she's trying to do too much. Like she has her army. She was given her ships. Go. But I think mm-hmm. I think that's the great thing about Danny is that I think she well the good and the and the maybe not so good you can say about Danny because she is she has this honorable streak she has this obsession this mission with saving people um, yeah kind yeah, of yeah like another literary character it was a little <laughs> a it was a little thing. Thing. It, was a, it, it was preachy <laughs> but, to me is is how it seemed really she, she's. Yeah, she I said to Jorah, like, slavery. how I mean, many slaves, how many slaves are there? 200,000? Oh, well, there's two, there's 200,000 reasons to go but in there. isn't that true? <sighs> it is true. It is, I, and I completely agree with you. Slavery is bad. On the other hand, death is never the better option because mm. life is precious. Death is never the better, better option. I think she's kind of obsessed, though. Like, it becomes, because she is a Targaryen, and Targaryens, I mean, they... They are intense. <laughs> you can say it that way. And it's not like she's think, a crazy Targaryen, but I think she has this, like she's been bitten by the saving slave thing and she can't let it go. <laughs> I think George really wants us to like Danny, And I think this is one of those things that she does. That is her, re- one of her like mass redeemable traits on message boards. People could be saying things about, well, Daenerys is destroying cities and her end goal is just to come raise three giant dragons and destroy Westeros so she can take it back herself. But she's freeing slaves, so she's good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just, I feel like maybe this is the thing where it's it's her twist. This is her good twist. Yeah. It's especially looks like that's going to be the strong theme in the show. I don't know where it's headed. It's interesting. But... What happens when she gets to Westeros and there's significantly less slaves in a more civilized continent, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. – uh, I don't want to say she she almost assumes this feeling of entitlement, that she feels like she has the right to go around and, and do these things. And I agree with everything that's been said about you know the, the whole element of, of freeing these people that are enslaved, but – you know what? What is their alternative? I, she's she's allowing them to go free. It, you know they don't. They're not being forced necessarily to join her army, but I feel as if maybe a lot of them are compelled to do so. Mm-hmm. Is it a better life? That's the other question. As as we progress on, one would expect that her army is going to continue to grow. How do you feed an army that big? Yeah. How do you care for an army that big? You know, she, she's not she's not thinking tactically down the line. All she's thinking of really right now is with her heart, and that's it. she wants to free all these people. She wants to liberate them and allow them to live their lives the way that they want to. But a lot of these people may not know how to live and sustain beyond what they've grown up with and live with. That doesn't necessarily mean it's right that they're enslaved. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying she's not thinking through all of this. Like what you're saying is this is too big of a culture clash. She's going right in and kind of being the USA of the situation and saying, hey, right. this isn't cool. This isn't cool with me. You need to change this. And they're like, 
first off, scary army and dragons. Respect. Here's gold and everything you need that you've been looking for in the first place for a season and a half. Mm -hmm. But you can't change the way we live because it works. Even though it's wrong, it's what their society knows. And we live, they live, I say we, yes, I, I'm from Astapor. No, we live in a uh, a society here where everyone travels by horse and boat and this is just what works. So I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, I've gotten, honestly, I've gotten a lot of flack recently uh, in comments and things saying that I've, I've made some, uh, you know, bad choices in terms of how I uh, comment about these women, uh, Marguerite, Danny, that sort of thing. But I mean, you did just mention Zach, like she's been looking for ships for a year and a half, a season and a half, whatever it was. And now, you know, this guy is like, okay, so you're just passing through. We're going to give you everything you wanted. Here's a bunch of gold. Here's a bunch of, sh bunch of ships. Please, you know, keep passing through. That's cool. And she's like, but no, I'm going to free all your slaves while I'm here. And you're going to eat that. You're going to suck on that. And it just seems like, uh, you know, she doesn't really, she isn't keeping her eye on the, on the, the prize, I guess. She just gets diverted. Um, you were going to say ball, but you were thinking of Theon, right? Yeah, it was, sure. it was very okay. painful. <laughs> Sorry, if I seem off this head, I'm just still thinking of, of, of Theon. But uh, just, just for the record, uh, I guess this is on the record. Uh, for the record, I love what she's doing because she is a badass Targaryen with some fucking dragons. Take over that city. Yeah. The Go to Westeros. Awesome. Yeah, do it. <laughs> I think she just had such a great energy in that scene. Like when you when they came into the tent, I just noticed, I thought this is the first time that I think she's really felt like she was sitting on a throne. Like she seemed regal before, but this just had a whole other air to it. I think um, Amelia... Um, Amelia Bones? Where, where is my mind? What is happening? <laughs> Amelia is it for real? He's doing a great job. Amelia Bones is pretty good, too. <laughs> Usually we cut those kinds of things out, but not today. That was too good. <laughs> Micah, like what you were saying, too, with these slaves, like they're not necessarily the unsullied where they would be completely advantageous to. It's like, I'm not saying she shouldn't free them because they couldn't really join her army. She should free them because freeing them is what's right. But comparing... What she did to the Unsullied, or with the Unsullied, where the guy who we referred to previously as a used car salesman was calling her <laughs> a whore and this terrible, mm. stupid little girl right in front of her for like a day and a half. This guy came, gave her ships, gave her gold, and it's just a completely different guy, and she still wants to kind of turn his world upside down and turn the whole city on its head, their way of life, again, right or wrong, but – you know, she's really just stirring shit up. I don't know that she necessarily has to. It might be smarter to kind of just go on your way now that she has ships cross the sea and, and start getting things, you know, going over there. Right. Mm -hmm. And and he tells her as much. He says, look, you know, this is not Karth. This is not Astapor. We've been around before your dragons were around and we plan on being here for a long time after. So I mean, then he threatened her, which, of course, is like the nail in his own coffin. Um, He's like, we have friends. <laughs> I think she's trying to create a society where people are free and equal and don't necessarily have to bow to one another when it comes to matters of slavery. She's she's trying to like what was her demand? You're going to give them enough food, water, clothing that they can carry. I don't guess they can carry water, but you get the idea that yeah, that they can carry so they can sort of have their own start and live well somewhere. So it makes me think maybe her soldiers, they're talking amongst themselves, hypothetically, because they're not real. 
but they're talking amongst themselves and they're saying, when we get to Westeros, she's going to set us up real well. I hear Harrenhal's nice and that's where they're, you know, everyone's going <laughs> to sleep well. It's going to be good and happy for everyone. It sounds like good to just take the ships and run, but I mean, she's actually trying to do the right thing. I mean, her family yeah. had this, they had this great conquest in the years past where they would have done exactly just that, take all that gold and all those ships and just run. But for once, she is actually trying to do the right thing. And I mean, I think she, because she didn't have a family, you know, really a family and all that in some twisted way, she's liking this being a mother, you know, being not just to the dragons, but to all these, she feels like a mother to all these people. She's freeing and she just really likes that feeling. So she's going to keep doing it. I think it's great because in a way she was a slave to her brother for so many years. And this is sort of her chance. She has the bloodline. She already has the titles. And if she takes it, it's hers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from what I see, we have the same old, same old happening in Westeros and whoever wins is whoever wins. And I'm sure everything will be fine. But what she wants to do is try to change things and I don't know, make a shift in the culture and a shift in society and like have a new era. Meanwhile, there's some shit happening with zombies in the North, but you know, in time, I I don't know. That's how I feel. So go Danny. Yeah, I agree. Well, sounds like we all agree. (laughs) Do we? Pompons are raised. (laughs) (laughs) Not to go back to, uh, to Theon for a minute, but I, I remember this from last week and, uh, I wanted to bring it up. Especially uh, because it, it just it just hit me, and and maybe I'm a little bit slow on the uptake. But do you remember last season when Theon's sitting in the room with uh, Maester Lewin, and he said, "If I ever find that guy who's blowing the damn horn, I'm gonna kill him." <laughs> oh my god! And oh. I wonder if that was mystery person who is yet to be revealed. Oh. Out Please. there. Please, and now he's keep he keeps fucking around with them with this horn. It's it's gotten to the point though where no punishment could get this guy back. Uh, you know, no no slow death, no death slow or quick could ever <laughs> could ever make up for the the damage that's been done to Theon. It's terrible, and it, you have to wonder why does he bother? I mean, I know he must hate Theon like so much, but come on, this is well, no, ridiculous. It's not like, like, doesn't he duty. have anything else to do with his time? He's a he's no, he's not. This is this is this is what he does with his time. Yeah, this is his hobby. It's it's become very <laughs> clear. Party. He the should fact meet that Joffrey. <laughs> oh, he'd love it. Yeah, no, the fact that it's been four or five or six episodes now, we see this guy, we we still don't know who he is. Nobody's come to check on him to be like, well, son, have you gotten any more information out? You know, we're not seeing these <laughs> scenes where he's being watched or looked after that it's just, it's it's reckless. He's just reckless. He's going and torturing Theon. And, and to be honest, like, I don't think that scene really has a place on TV. I know I kind of touched on that last weekend or last week, but you know, I, I just, that's this sort of thing makes me uncomfortable because I me see too. it as kind of indulgent. I see it as kind of indulgent and kind of uh, grotesque. I don't know. I'm, it makes me very uncomfortable. Maybe I don't like that. I'm being made uncomfortable. On honestly, my Sunday, honestly, on my me Sunday too. Night. And I feel like, because we, I know we've had some feedback on this saying, well, if you're a game of Thrones fan, if you watch game of Thrones, these kinds of scenes shouldn't bother you, but I disagree with that. I think it's, it's, it's okay to be bothered by stuff. You know, it's probably a good thing if you're bothered by seeing these overly sexualized torture scenes that, I mean, are a part of the, of the canon of the story, but they are, 
they are terrible to witness. And maybe that's part of why Game of Thrones is such a groundbreaking show. But there does come a point when you're like, okay, what am I looking at right now? Like, why am I really watching like SDM? I can't even say the. I can't even. I don't even remember the letters. Oh my god. <laughs> SDM. Um, Micah does. Yeah, they go. Got it. Like porn here. That's he was just was. at that concert the other day. That's how he knows that. <laughs> but, but, I, but I think that you're just seeing through somebody else the complete de-evolution of a character, and right. you. Know, I don't know that you necessarily get that. In 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 the series, you know, you 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 know what's happening to Theon, but now you're actually visually understanding what's happening to him and what he's gone through, and it's so interesting to me because in a way, it's it's kind of like watching what happened to Jamie and now everybody's kind mm-hmm. of on his side, and now you look at what Theon did, everything that happened at Winterfell last season. And and now people actually feel sorry for him. They 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 want to see him somehow. Either, I mean, I don't know what's more of a, a you know, a resolution is is him being killed. A resolution is that kind of free him of everything that's going on, or is it him actually escaping and getting away and somehow exacting revenge on this person? Depends on how many body parts he has left. I mean, oh my god. I mean, I'm not saying, obviously, I want him to escape at this point. I just want him to, like, settle down somewhere and <laughs> relax, <laughs> Get chill a nice out home. with, you know. But it's Have just, a drink. Ter- yeah, it's just there, there comes a point, I think, and that's what's so terrible to watch more than anything else, where you know it's only going to get worse from here on out. And you know that, I mean, the, he's just going to, There's there comes a point of no return. And I think we're heading straight for that if we well, haven't I, I, already passed it. And what made me the most uncomfortable, if I could articulate it, is that he got the, this episode, the tormentor, boy, whatever you want to call him, got got the women on his side uh, to do his dirty work for him, to kind of arouse Theon to toy with Theon, just like he would. And, he, you know, the women were his instruments. That makes me profoundly uncomfortable, um, yeah. that you could pay anyone to do that to somebody else. And so it's not just his illness, it's 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 become a group thing now. It's like, why doesn't the whole group start, you know, causing Theon's mental and physical demise? And I'm not cool with that. It's a strange flip because we've seen Theon on the show try to overpower women. We've seen Theon on the show disrespect women in the bow of a ship, you know, basically calling them a piece of meat, saying, you know, yada, yada, yada. We've seen Theon feel up his own sister. Granted, he didn't know it was his sister, etc., and I, d- I don't believe that this is just punishment for his immaturity and just general yeah. lack of common sense and goodness between people. But they live in this world and this is how their values are set. So the way I see it is we're getting sort of an extreme modern reaction, something that television people can get behind. Not necessarily what is right, but it's. I think there's there's probably a good handful of people that are cheering for Theon to get his due, even though he's not directing the slaughter of hundreds of thousands. He's still getting some form of punishment. It's just it's just interesting because we're talking about this one scene where someone is still alive. He's not killed. He's been tortured, and it's terrible, and it's it's ridiculous by some crazy guy who's indefinitely probably going to get his due in some way. But on the flip side, we're also talking about Danny who is talking about lightly the terms of whether or not we're going to destroy your city and kill lots of people. 
So we've got lots of death versus this one person's discomfort. And it's just, I mean, it's it's interesting to hear the human condition throughout all of these things because it sounds like as long as we don't have to really know a lot about it or see a lot about it, we care a little less. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, no. It, We cheered. <laughs> but that's different, though. That's not. I'm not saying like, oh, one kind of murder is better than a. You know, we, this is a TV show. But I think, I think it's different because I think here, Danny is fighting for a cause. Danny is freeing slaves. She is doing, yeah, war. But this is Westeros. Like we have to sort of, to some extent, suspend disbelief when it comes to this, or we wouldn't be able to like any of the characters. But I think this with Theon. Is well, I know. Uh, this with Theon is something completely different because it's drawn out. It's malicious. It's disgusting. It's sadistic. It's sick. It's like with Joffrey and the whore. Like there's a di like this guy who's doing it is enjoying it. Poor Theon is waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. These horrible things keep happening. I think there's a big difference. Does Daenerys enjoy the power of sacking Absolutely. a city? Absolutely. I still think there's a big difference. Is it a war that she's having or is she invading an otherwise peaceful place? Uh, peaceful with all the slaves that are being mistreated? Otherwise peaceful place. <laughs> I, I think, again, for, for me, it goes back to how they didn't flush out the boy. He doesn't have a noble cause. His cause is to torture, whereas Danny. You know, her cause is obviously to free slaves, which is which is important. You know, this boy, the fact that we still don't know who he is after five episodes, I, I'm tired of looking at him. I'm tired of seeing him. <laughs> I'm tired of his horn. I'm tired of him beating Theon with the, the horn across the face. He's done that like every it's episode. It's a bugle, okay? A bugle. <laughs> I'm tired of the bugle boy. Can the bugle boy please stand up and leave? The exit. French horn. And Eric wants him to use a French horn in the next episode. Yeah, I would use prefer a French horn. If, yes, they should give the – no, don't promote him. To French Hornet. <laughs> one, one step up. That's not how you reward forced castration. That's not how you do it. God, I really hope that they, I hope that this is like, okay, well, we cut away when they took up, they took care of business with Theon, but I, I really hope that this part is over because I'm, I'm, I don't like it. I don't think this is cool what they're doing to Theon, yada, yada, yada. It's a show. I also don't really care because it's a show and I'm just watching it. So for the sake of, Moving the story forward, I do feel like this is getting a little stagnant. I realized that this was an even more fucked up form of torture. Like, hey, everything's fine. Two attractive naked women. Here you go. Oh, wait, they get to watch you get your shit cut off. That's probably a first for Westeros, and that's saying something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be seeing any particular more of that scene. I think it's over and done with. I mean, I thought we might even just get the reveal on that whole boy scenario, and it might be done with, but... I think we have one more episode with you and Rian. It is cheap to shoot that set once it's built. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like on Glee. They're like, where should we sing? They're like, the auditorium <laughs> we use to film in. Our cameras are already there. You know what I mean? Week in and week out. It's kind of the same thing. I mean, TV production value, all this shit kind of, it's like a triangle. It has three points to everything. That was weird, but it made sense in my own mind. No, it works. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of geometry and try to find something to transition to, but 
all of my uh most of my lines are just different variations of what I heard when the blackfish was talking about wet shit. So <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about something else. I just thought that was really funny because shit in itself is great humor. People use it all the time, but wet shit, that's something else. Mm-hmm. That's another level. You Good know job, who, blackfish. who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Braun. He's like the River Run version of Braun. <laughs> yeah, you're right, actually. Well, if anything can bring yeah, bring us to the like out of the less cheerful discussion of What's happening with Theon? I think it would be talk about Bronn or the Blackfish in this case. Well, Bronn definitely had a nice scene in this in this particular episode, I thought, because who doesn't like Bronn and Tyrion hanging out drinking wine? Who doesn't like Bronn and Tyrion hanging out drinking more wine? And who doesn't like to hear them talking about their arrangement and which we get to learn even more? Apparently, Bronn has either been promoted or demoted. It's up to the listeners to decide um, in his rank with Tyrion because now he just kills people that annoys him. And that's pretty powerful. I like the line. He, he was just telling Tyrion, look, man, this whole thing with Sansa, it's not so bad. You're going to have two <laughs> women and a whole kingdom of your own. You get Casterly Rock. You get Winterfell. Like, come on, dude. And you get Shay on top of it. And uh, well, I love this scene because, I mean, of course, to which he replies, I don't pay you to put evil notions in my head. The ones already there don't need company. And yes, he's just trying. Yes. Bronn's taking it a little too far. He's like, you know, what's the youngest girl you've done? You know, really? What's what's you know, you don't. But you see, don't, you I don't think that's her. a fair question. I think it's a fair Tyrion's question. Always too. going to prostitute places. They're just shooting the shit. But, Brothels. That's easier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that whole scene, though, um, you know, between the two of them, it, it's 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 good to see that kind of banter, um, you know, beyond it. And and they're really you can tell they trust each other. You know, they're good friends. No, but, uh, but at the same time, it shows his true character. I mean, it shows that Tyrion actually cares at some level about Sansa and the fact that he realizes that he's not exactly the, the best suitor, the most equipped person to be marrying her. And he probably also realizes that she's scared out of her mind as well. Well, I, I mean, of all the people who could have defended Tyrion, I certainly didn't expect to hear praise for Tyrion coming from Marguerite Tyrell. That was wonderful, wasn't it? I'm seriously just it like was. so team Marjorie all the way. Like I know yeah. she has her schemes, but she also just seems like a little uh, lady in lady lady of thorns and waiting kind of thing, you know? Oh yeah. She's a politician. She's brilliant. I mean, everyone has their schemes, you know, but hers I think hers are a lot less intense than some others. Yeah. I agree. And I th- I feel like she does really want the best for Sansa. I mean, as long as it doesn't go against her. <laughs> right. Well, in her defense, Tyrion, if he's going to say any kind of nasty things about Sansa and his new relationship, he's going to say it in front of Bronn. So the fact that he kept his ground, kept his honor, it's just yeah. another way to prove to the viewers that, you know what, Tyrion is a stand-up guy. If you had any questions <laughs> about his personal thoughts... This would have been the time to say it when he's drinking wine with his friend. I felt like since George did pen this and pen the dialogue, I don't know if it was like placebo effect, but a lot of the conversations, especially the Sansa, Mar- Marjorie, and the Tyrion Bronze scene and things like that, and the John and Ygritte, I felt like it was so character true and and it was really interesting to see them evolve within their scenes and they get such a small amount of time but it, i thought it happened really well did you like the uh the shay and the Tyrion conversation and the, the gold chain i liked it i like shay in the show i mean sometimes she's a bit like she she sort of she's the device that they use to question things to a really sort of like hitting you over the head degree sometimes but i really liked her in this scene and i think her reaction is is very strange considering her profession 
<laughs> that she should be some I mean she should understand. <laughs> Have no illusions. She's I mean, <laughs> a whore. I mean she should understand. Like the fact that she gets so jealous from this, that kind of annoys me because it's like, okay, we get it, but don't be mad at Tyrion, it's not his fault. But at the same time, those things she said, like, no matter you know, I'll never be your lady, I'll always be your whore. That makes sense. And if if we're to take that her feelings for Tyrion are substantial, then those kinds of comments make sense. Absolutely. If this were a relationship now, the the woman would be like, well, if you really do love me as much as you say, then why don't we run away together? Because we're in love and that is powerful and means a lot. But he said, well, what do you expect me to do if we leave Westeros? Juggle? (laughs) (laughs) He did. All of who he is. This this really made sense. This really really made sense to me. All of who he is is a Lannister. And, you know, Lannisters don't mean anything outside of the little world and, well, not little, but, you know, in which they're ruling. So clearly that's a big deal to, to Tyrion and it should be a deal to us as well. Yeah, it seems to me like sometimes they can't decide whether or not they want Shay to actually have feelings for him or whether or not she is still regarding him as like a professional, you know, like she's professionally his mistress. Like, right. I just feel like she didn't embrace, yeah, that she didn't embrace the necklace. So I'm parting to think, starting to think that she's not really all about the money. Yeah, I mean, I sometimes I feel like she, did, you know, there are some scenes where she is really affectionately with him, and there are some scenes where they write her as being much harder. And I just feel like the writing is a little bit erratic when it comes to her. It's true. It's almost like they're not sure. I mean, either they're trying to make her ambiguous on purpose, or the writers aren't sure what to do with her character in the show yet, which I'm not going to say anything book related, but it feels like they're going in a slightly different direction with her from what they did yeah. in the book, but maybe they're keeping that open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah, it's what I can't tell. Yeah, I've always had this feeling about her that there, that there's more to her character, that, that she mm-hmm. has this, this background that nobody really knows about. And, and that it's, it's sort of this, this mystery. And, and I don't know that it, that it ever, plays itself out like you're saying selena not to get into anything but uh, it it seems like she's she's a very sort of elusive character you don't you don't really know what her motivation is and you don't know you know what what her tie back to her to her to her homeland is yeah and you see that becoming relevant in this series all the time who people are where they're from and who they were raised by if not by their family she really does love Tyrion then she has case to be annoyed because she's kind of just a spectator in all of this with her man. And that's right. if she really does love Tyrion. Flip side, I see Tyrion's perspective. I mean, we very much, they live in a monarchy. They live in a society where their families, their bloodlines, very important. They're called lords, for Christ's sake, over people. And he is one of the children of the most powerful family in the entire, we'll call it country, of the, the, the organization of land. So from his perspective, he's like, hey, this is the only reason I'm really alive. Like, this is what we live for as a family. So shit, like, you got to balance these things. I'll buy you a house and stuff. But I get it. It's such a strange conflict because if you think about it in that context, no side is wrong. And then Sansa's just in the middle like, shit. (laughs) Yeah. It being shallow. Well, it's good. And I I didn't really think they were going to leave scenes like these out, but it was good to get them because, you know, the scene where he tells her that they're about to be married or whatever happened off screen, you know, in the last last week's that we didn't see it. So seeing the recoil, seeing not only the Tyrion and Bronze scene, but then the Marguerite with Sansa trying to comfort her. That was I, I think that totally made up for it and more. Um, you know, us not seeing that, which would would have surely been a good scene too. 
um, her trying to maintain stateliness while he breaks the news full while realizing mm-hmm. that she's still hung up over Loris. She was very casually talking about Joffrey, the one that the lady is going to marry and eventually be the queen with. She was like, oh, I've been through lots, but Joffrey put me through. And Marguerite just didn't miss a beat. She's just like, yep. Yeah, yeah. she's she's a trooper, Margaret. Mar- Mar- Margaret, oh my gosh. Marjorie, she really is. Margaret. But, I mean, I think the thing with the scene with Sansa is really interesting, and it's especially interesting written by George, because I think Sansa is such a great character in the books because she's so different from everyone else. We've talked about this before. And I think, I mean, a lot of us, because we love Tyrion, because we want all the characters that are good guys to, to have this sort of honorable Tyrion... Daenerys sort of I am I am all good all the time I save everybody I'm never you know have any bad thoughts that I would act on it's hard for us to to be confronted with a character like Sansa who will go and and say those things that that a lot of the characters might be thinking you know like oh well I don't want to marry him because I'm not attracted to him she can't take the higher ground but I think that's what's so great about Sansa and I also think it's such it's so great that it's the beginning of of maybe a, a transformation for her, if that's fair to say. And I really enjoy seeing stuff like that. And I enjoy seeing the fan reactions. Sort of people are like, "Oh my God, Sansa's so shallow." I mean, rightly so in her case. Her age points in that direction. Yeah, she's, it, it makes sense for her. That's that's kind of what I was getting. Yeah, absolutely. At. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not a. It's not one of those like, "Oh, well, Sansa is not good because she's not attracted to Tyrion." It's like, well, okay. First off, he's a lot older. Mm-hmm. And uh, up up beside Loris, I mean, let's be honest here. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Well, one is called the Night of Flowers. (laughs) She likes the pretty boys. I mean, that's she She does. does. She really does. And yeah, it is a shock. She's been raised thinking that she was, you know, entitled to that when in fact they have no choice. There's a great line. I'm sure it was sent to us as one of our own. But, you know, that Marjorie says about having to make do in our circumstances. And I thought I thought it rings true. I think it, you know, ultimately... That's what Sansa has to do. And I, you know, I think that part of what Marguerite was saying has merit that he's far from the worst Lannister. And because just knowing that Tywin completely sympathizes and also that, or sorry, Tyrion completely sympathizes and also wants to, you know, maintain his relationship with Shay just shows, you know, that it's not something that is going to be really difficult. They can have an understanding. They can have a trust that most marriages like, uh, for instance, Cersei and Roberts didn't have. You know, they could really have a respect for one another, and that would be something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. I wonder if it will happen. I still feel like when I'm watching this, it's just not real to me yet. Like, oh, they're not really going to be together. Yeah. Surely something will happen. That's just how I feel from watching the show. But it could happen, and that could be a new thing in the next season. So either way, it's going to be interesting, I think, when it comes to those two. Yes. It'll be interesting. We can we'll we'll see if Tyrion can juggle his way out of this. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Well, I don't have a transition, but Joffrey was sitting on the throne. He did look sad and sinister at the same time. We did see Tywin enter without a pile of shit. So that's one up for Tywin right there. I'm not being consulted in the meetings. I would have to climb all the way to the top of the Tower of the Hand. That was awesome. Oh, God. Joffrey. It was a great comeback, though. He's like, I could arrange, arrange for you to be carried. Yeah, for you to be carried. This is, it's like, we've seen Tywin angry, right? Telling his kids, you're worthless shits. Like, you need to do this, that, the other thing. He <laughs> wants to say, like Robert. he wants to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he wants to say that to the king. He's like, you're a little shit. But he won't. 
He's just going to sit there and go, in the future, you will be apprised of the situation. And he walks and then he turns around. Your grace. You know, he, he, he has such contempt for his, uh, I was going to say nephew, but it's grandson. Um, he's such contempt for his grandson, but he plays it off so well. You know, this scene again, I, I just, me and Tywin, we're close now. I think, I think he's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so much. In this case, Joffrey was without a lot of people as an audience, so didn't have much of a reason to start strutting and kind of flare his feathers out. So when Granddaddy Tywin's making a step forward, climbing the steps, uh, Joffrey looked kind of intimidated. And by kind of, I mean completely. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, it's a rough situation for him. And ha. Huh. <laughs> Absolutely. What's he, I mean, what can he expect? It's true. But it's true, though. I mean, Joffrey, I hate Joffrey. Almost, you know, more. I, I hate him so much, almost. but um, almost more than anyone else. Yeah, on the show, oh, but you know okay. what I mean. Almost hate him. I'm not quite <laughs> sure yet. <laughs> um, but I think that in some, I mean, if we were going to see it from his perspective in this scene, he's just like a little boy out of his depth, who's like, he's kind of. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm going to say this and incur the wrath of the fandom. But in some ways, he's in a similar situation to Sansa, where he's like, I I thought that the world was going to be a certain way. And now I'm discovering that maybe everything isn't going the way I thought it was going to be. Yeah, he's like, you guys are running everything, but I can't do anything because you're my mom and grandpa. Right. <laughs> I just want to be king, like Simba. Oh hell, I'll just shoot someone with a fucking crossbow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's not forget yeah. people. It's easy to forget when he's blonde and, and sort of like, oh, scared in his big iron chair. But he just lit someone up with a crossbow last week. Yeah. Simba would yeah. never do that. I mean, he had to reload between every shot. Let's just keep that clear. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. No okay. Clip. No sympathy for the, the side. Right. That's what the I'm pouting. saying. You're right. You're right. How much should Joffrey be apprised of? I mean, I th that's that's the larger question. And, you know, it's one of those scenes that I was thinking, man, if we were doing a commentary right now, none of us would speak because Tywin just strolls in there with such, like. Say gusto. Uh, gusto. Say grace. Say yeah, that's the one word. I've been collecting them, all the Gusto. words you say. Okay. Never mind. Say Greystow. Greystow. He just walks in with go. such Greystow. <laughs> that was uh, sheer balls. Just sheer ones, though. Not fringed ones. Sheer <laughs> balls. <laughs> and uh, the best kind. He's so cognizant of what Joffrey has done. He doesn't want to put any decision making in his hands. I mean, there's a part of me that that really and truly believes that Tywin detests the fact that Joffrey killed Ned Stark because mm. yeah, because he put him in this place because he put him in this place. And you you go back to Blackwater last season. Joffrey is not the most sane young child, as is evidenced by his crossbow antics. So <laughs> I think Tywin just you know somebody brought it up before about how he really probably just wants to go up to the throne and. You know, give Joffrey a lesson that wouldn't be allowed in today's day and age, but certainly would be allowed in, uh, you know, Westerosian times. He so, wants to imp slap him, is what you're saying. It, probably more than that. Um, but mm. yes, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll perhaps a couple of imp slaps. It's an interesting <laughs> analysis to think that uh, Tywin like likes being in power. He clearly does. He clearly thinks that his family is extremely important, and the success of his family is up to him. 
you know, he views his children and siblings as incompetent. He'd like to do those things to Joffrey, perhaps, but Joffrey's on the throne. If Joffrey's off the throne, nobody else in the Lannister family is going to have the throne. It's not like Tywin himself can just sit down on it and be king. You know, like, so Joffrey, this little shit who he hates, is the only thing that's, like, keeping that family in, well, I was going to say in power. Of course, there is the debt where the, you know, the crown uh, is in debt to them, but at the but same Tommen time, could take the throne. Well, yes. Where is Tommen these days? Or Stannis? He was he was he was working on another project. He was <laughs> on for season three <laughs> filming. He's in so, playgroup. He's like four. Yeah, he's playing yeah. with kitten. He'd be even more useless though. I mean, than 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 Joffrey. It's just like Tywin sees Joffrey as a means to an end. Like I don't think my real question is: Do you think that Tywin thinks that Joffrey is going to be the king for a long time? Like, because I I feel like Tywin's planning beyond Joffrey's reign. I don't know what necessarily would have indicated that to me, but I just feel like Tywin has his his, his ducks in order for well after Joffrey is retired. I think either that's by- just his character. I mean, I think that that's how he operates his mindset. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that Tywin is always going to be like imagining that he wants to rule from behind the scenes and to be honest i feel like he's just setting joffrey up to be his perfect pawn and i think maybe tywin would prefer that it was someone a bit more pliable but i absolutely think that tywin sees joffrey as just another challenge to overcome that he'll rule joffrey uh and then the kingdom through joffrey i mean uh, joffrey wasn't included in these meetings not because his actions have shown him to be sort of young and stupid and now deranged and crazy but because throughout this entire time joffrey was meant to always be upon sitting on the throne he was always meant to play that role i seriously doubt they were ever like so what do you think about inviting joff to this session like <laughs> get his thoughts on what daenerys is doing over in astapor like no that that's that's not what the situation is joffrey is a placeholder his union is business the child from said union will be business and the same can be said for the Sansa Tyrion thing it's I don't think it's really like we're so happy Joff's in power because Joff is this it's just he's gonna keep us there because hell it's our blood both of them yeah I mean just and and I go back to that point before I mean Tywin let's I'm not saying like he's best buds with Ned like don't get me wrong or he was best buds with Ned but I think there's a legitimate you know feeling towards Joffrey of resentment for what he's done and because he's he's propelled a lot of these events into motion and now Tywin is cleaning up the mess mm-hmm. yeah pretty much I mean, if you really think about it, if you were separated from the show completely and did not know these characters, and if it was starting out S1, episode one, right here, you would be like, okay, Tywin is trying to be a grown-up and figure all this shit out, because it's intri- it's intricate what's happening here. You know what I mean? Like, there are lives and power and money at stake. Those are the most important thing, but in the wrong order. Obviously, money's on the top. <laughs> yep. Um, I just wanted to say my uh, <laughs> my random and out of place uh, Tyrion Shay comment, which was just because I felt so like vindicated because I remember back a few weeks ago when Arya and Gendry had that whole "you'll be my lady" scene, and I was all like, <laughs> "Is it my lady or my lady?" And people were like, "Who cares? That doesn't matter. There is no difference." And I just wanted to reference <laughs> that in the scene, Tyrion tells Shay, "You will always be." my lady. And this had a very specific, very different meaning to it. So there is intonation 
that can be different there. There you go. <laughs> Vindication. Yeah. And Brian set the record straight too, right? <laughs> yes, a absolutely. It's a milady <laughs> yeah. versus my lady discrepancy. Cleared but up. But speaking of Arya. Yes. Speaking of her. The wheels are now in motion. She's been captured by the hound. She's gone from bad see to that worse. The wolf and the <laughs> hound. There's a Disney movie in here, isn't there? Oh, or no. the fox I and know, the hound. but different. <laughs> <laughs> A sequel. Very different. The fox died. Bigger and colder, much colder. <laughs> more killing, and so it's a lot more fun. Yeah. Yeah. There's enough killing in Fox and the Hound. Stop. <laughs> very, so very clearly, sad the Hound film. has nothing better to do than to stalk these guys who just defeated him in battle. Or no, pretty much. Well, he beat them. He beat them in battle, but he's still kind of lingering, hanging around. They're like, okay, you can go. Um, you know, we brought back our man. You're free to go. But he hangs around, and what could what could his intentions be? Well, he's like, you know? hmm, I wonder if Arya's gonna like wander off out of the camp. I'll just stick around <laughs> they and have see. Food and fire. <laughs> Please capture me again. What was he doing there? Yeah, like what was to be gained by lingering by hanging? When around do people there? ever hang out in the middle of forest to capture stray random people uh, that walk by? This is a <laughs> this happens. They never do that. It was a little bit different mm-hmm. in the books, and so. And I believe, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, it took place at Selena's favorite location Uh-oh. in the series, the inn. The inn? Did it oh. really? <laughs> I'm not I'm, surprised. Am I making that up? I found the inn on Twitter, by the way. It has a Twitter account. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> I'm not going to link in the show notes, guys. Shut up. No, but from what I remember from the book, she runs out of the inn after melee takes place and the hound is out there and he captures her mm-hmm. yeah there's like a shit storm and yeah mm-hmm. pretty much i mean it, it makes a lot more sense in the book and this it was kind of like oh he's just fucking hanging around and it's not like <laughs> the guys were that like, far away the TV. <laughs> they were like 10 feet away yeah it was like yeah it totally made sense in the book this was like i guess in this one they can make an excuse and they can claim he was waiting for an opportunity i mean they can you know we can we can kind of wank it and you know, it's not a big deal. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, okay. So these these brothers without banners also don't know how to relate to kids, apparently, because she had to run away to get away from them. Like, they couldn't have said anything really to ease her, her tension there. Well, I mean, they were going to go fight people and probably die, which means she could possibly get captured. I understand that she was a little tiffed. Mm. She could have just hung right? out in the cave. I mean, yeah. They went That's true. Her. She's hidden behind the waterfall that you only have to play a song on the ocarina to get through. <laughs> <laughs> jabu, jabu, get in my belly. No, it, it, hindsight's twenty twenty. obviously, with the Brotherhood and with Ari here. But, I mean, knowing what the situation that we have now, I am not that scared for her. I don't really dislike the Hound. I don't know why, because yeah, he no. seems like a cool dude, like, enough-ish. He stopped Loris from getting chopped in half like that horse. Yeah. So he was always you know, nice to Sansa. Ooh. Always nice to Sansa, even though he's a little strange. He doesn't like fire. Not a lot of people like to be burned either. So he's got a lot in we'll, common with the listeners we'll of the show. We'll overlook the whole the Micah the thing, show. right? We'll overlook yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. He likes strange shit. I'll give you that. But <laughs> she's he's a little peculiar. Yeah. But I don't feel like, I mean, what's the good in killing her? You know? Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, yeah. now you, you look at the fact that. We know he's not going back to King's Landing. I mean, he 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 kind of uh, wrote himself off there. Mm. The Lannisters will not be receptive to him. So I agree with Zach. I mean, I think he'll he, that Arya is not in the worst of circumstances right now. She was in crappy circumstances, no matter what. I mean, even just hanging around. I mean, with the Brotherhood, any anything could happen because 
Barrett Dondarrion's gotten killed like what five or six times already in this place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not a safe place to be. So. It's, Mother's. it's Mother's Day. Mothers listening to this podcast at home, and everybody actually listening. You were teenagers once, I assume, uh, unless. If something was different with you, then please write in. I'd like to know about that. But you were all teenagers once. Imagine when your parents weren't going to let you stay out really late this one weekend because they knew a party was going on or some other situation. Like things can be crazy. You're not allowed to do a lot of stuff sometimes when you're growing up. Aria is a young kid, and we think that she was kind of safe these past few weeks, but she's hanging out in a cave where people are coming back to life. They're like praying to people and raising the dead. This is a dangerous place to be, this right? This is where child services comes in. Hanging out with a hound can't be that bad. This guy got cut through the shoulder collarbone area and he got brought back to life with magic. Like, mm-hmm. I think tromping through the woods with a you know convicted murderer could be a little worse. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think it, you know, we talked before about Gendry going off with Melisandre, but I think that was a whole plot device for her not trusting these guys and mm-hmm. you know, we talked about how it's different a little bit from the books and and so you know it worked out well in that now Arya has a reason she she can say hey guys look i don't trust you guys worth a damn you just want to go off and do whatever <laughs> the hell you want to do you already uh you know, lied to gendry and now he's off with some red crazy lady so i mean it it worked out and and george was able to kind of ride around it i think Arya is smart. She's always got her head on straight and she's never really screwing around. She's always like, we have to do this right now. Like we have to either get out of here or we have to do this or I have to rescue you or save you or I have to catch this cat. No matter what, <laughs> I have to do this right now. I don't want to go off drinking and chasing Lannisters. Like get me yeah. to River Run now. Her, yeah. and, uh, her and Daenerys both are very singularly focused, aren't they? Well, that's good. Yeah, that's how you should great. be in life. I mean, it's Focus. the way to get ahead. Yeah, you screw around and, you know, you could turn out like Sam and get stuck beyond the wall with Aww. someone else's baby. <laughs> Speaking of mothers, I was thinking oh about God. this today. No, no, no. Because, because today is Mother's Day. I was thinking, will we see Sam and Gilly, like, above the wall? Because in that relationship, which one is the mother, really? Like, Sam's the one who's singing, like, songs and stuff. I was just thinking, Wow. That would be a nice little romantic thing to see this evening. You're right, because fathers cannot no, sing to their kids. I'm telling you, absolutely not. not. Mothers only. <laughs> mothers only. Let's talk let's get over this really quickly, this thing about Jon Snow. Oh God, do we have to? <laughs> yeah, because the um the gentleman who wargs, is it Tormin? Is that his name? No, or is- that's the other guy. Orel is the um warg. Orel. He <laughs> says to Egrit. The woman. You want the woman, the redhead. You won't love him once you find out what he really is. And mm-hmm. I didn't know if this was a reference to a Targaryen or whatever it is that people in the forums are saying that Jon Snow is. Apparently, the power to warg has revealed something about Jon Snow that the wildlings are not kosher with. No, I think or, it's just, just him being like being like a spy. Like he thinks Oral thinks he's a spy, which I mean we think, I mean, Egret is kind of kind of aware that he wasn't totally turned. Yeah, I mean, he flat out said it to her here in this episode. Yeah. He was like, hey, don't do this, because I like you, and if you died, I would definitely be sad, and that's not good. She- also, that's just a windmill. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's just a windmill. No, I mean, in her defense, it was broken down. I, I really torn with Egret because I really like her. I think she's awesome. And she's sort of like, how can I not like her? Because she's fighting for all the right things. At the same time, though, I feel like 
I mean, she says you you know nothing, Jon Snow, a lot. <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're, going, new they're going on that too much. They're going yeah. on that. I loved That's, it when he interrupted uh, her. Like, she was like, you know nothing. Yeah. And he was just like, whatever, screw that. <laughs> but he does. But he does. That's the thing. And uh, there was it, – it's like a complete contrast from the beginning when she started t- kind of mocking in a way – the the war tactics of the people who live south of the wall mm-hmm. and saying oh you have all these people who fly their banners and beat their drums like you know what's the big deal you guys really you don't know anything and then he comes back later in the episode and he says well if you guys think that you're going to scale the wall and 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 come down here <laughs> and destroy <over>. <laughs> us you're 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 just as just as crazy mm-hmm. i mean you've tried it six times and it hasn't worked out so it's not going to work this time either. <laughs> right. I think that Egret is. I like her character, obviously. I mean, I think John's cool, and John needs a strong woman in his life. You know, <laughs> he needs a strong woman in his life, and she's dedicated to him. She got advanced by a guy with a talent where he can see through the eyes of an animal. And I don't know about <laughs> you guys, but. Any girlfriend I've ever had in my life would have immediately left me for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're great and all, Zach. You can, you know, cool guy, whatever. But this guy can see through the eyes of a bird. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're pretty boy and you're listening, just keep going. Just stick at it. There might be a strong woman out there for you. <laughs> and, and also, if you can try to learn, if you can try to learn to warg, it may improve your chances. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. So the bear. So the bear. Guys, we have to fight bears. bears. That's your talent. Winterboo appeared. Bart. His name is Bart. Bart, Bart Winterboo. Well, yes, he was played by Bart. Oh, all right. Of course, Bart the bear. So, what do we all think? I mean, I'm just reading the credits. Come on. <laughs> I, I guess I just didn't. I didn't expect this at all. So Jamie realizes that one of his lies gets out of control. Right? Decides to go back to uh, Brienne. They had a wonderful send off. Um, you know, I thought that was really. Um, powerful, but she's supposed to be granted, like, she's supposed to still be living for years to come. He comes back and she's in a pit with a bear. That's completely unexpected. It was just, can we just talk about Jamie? <laughs> and how let's brilliant that was that, like, oh, oh my god, it. oh my god, ours is the fury and myself fangirling right now. <laughs> um, but come on, I mean, come on. He Not only did he leave, Heron Hall behind, but he came freaking back. I mean, yeah. He freaking back. Frickin he was probably at least a half hour away. Exactly. Too, it was out of his like, way. That must have been so annoying. <laughs> Sorry, we're basking in the glow of, of Jamie Lannister. It's just so brilliant. He does have a like glow. his his character arc is just blowing me away every week, and and I love how they made this such a big like they actually took took it to this level going actually you know he's conflicted about Brienne he's like eh, you know I don't I don't really want to leave her to her fate and then I think it's when he hears that thing about the sapphires because he knows that puts it on him you know he's actually his his bro is basically left in that terrible situation because of him trying to save her ironically and then he just has to come back. And not only does he come back, but he jumps into the bear pit to fight a bear with her. You don't get any truer friendship than that. Yeah, That's and true. I love, yeah, just the fact that 
when they've had their send off, I mean, he has changed so much. I mean, he's never going to be like the nicest guy, which is good. I mean, I hate to just simplify it as be like a redemption arc because he's not going to be this totally super redeemed nice guy. And that would be boring. But he wants to be like his honor has he always says, oh, he's a man without honor. Well, he has some shred of honor because Brienne has honor and he's kind of can see how she honored, tried to honor her promise, even though she didn't even like him. So now he says that he's going to return the Stark girls and he swears it. And so then she says goodbye and she calls him Sir Jamie instead of Kingslayer. And he's uh, like, huge. you could just, you could just see he's like, <sighs> and I think yeah. this is going to sound totally cheesy, but I think it's also that he's never really had a friend before. <laughs> like, you know, he has had Cersei, but that's been so incestuous and almost like he's sleeping with himself because they're like, see themselves as the same person you know an extension of themselves this is like in no way you know the fact that brienne is like the opposite of cersei and and himself in every way it's like here's actually someone that he connects with and that he's he wants to be better for like it's just it's uh, so beautiful you guys yeah it's like when he was in the bath with brienne and he says you know i'm so much more than the kingslayer now he's proving it he's beginning to walk the walk and actually you know have some dignity, some, some honor and really be more than himself. Really, if, you know, it pained him, but he, he went back, you know, to go, to go and, and, and save her because it was the right thing to do. He's becoming, he's not letting that name get him down anymore. I think he's a completely different person. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's the transformation has just been incredible. And that was one of, it's just one of my absolute favorite story arcs from the books. And I mean, there have been some story arcs that didn't translate as well to the series, but this is one that I'm so pleased with. So I'm just so like happy and glowy about it. So it's like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> it is a Christmas miracle. Yes. But it's it's wonderful. <laughs> it's Mother's Day. It's my day, but it's Selena's day too, though. Absolutely. <laughs> it's Jamie day. <laughs> <laughs> on a scent. <laughs> well, not to rain on the parade or anything, but uh, uh, Uh-oh. no, I, I wanted to also bring up there the, the conversation between um, Quiburn and, and Jamie, because you actually got some insight into the, the maester or the, the former maester. And I think that that was just that setting up his character for the future, you know, kind of talking about how he's this kind of mad doctor like he's this frankenstein-esque mm. doctor who's done all these experiments on people and you know for those who have read the books i mean i, I thought it was kind of a nice little slip in on the part of part of george assuming he wrote this scene you said he didn't necessarily write the bear scene but i wonder if he wrote this scene with jamie um you know there's there's a lot of good lines in here so i just thought i'd throw that in it was great for Jamie's sake because that was when we kind of got it stuck on our faces again. They're like, hey, if you guys forgot this from the bath scene, just in case you did, the guy's questioning like, well, how many of you guys have you killed? And he's like, countless. And he's like, how many people have you saved? And he's like, well, I've saved lives with this. Mm-hmm. Researching people and that's how R&D goes. He's learning. He's trying new things on dying people, et cetera. But he, he asked Jamie, he's like, how many people have you saved? And he says just straight up like 500,000 or something crazy like that. Like half a million. (laughs) And then the guy looks at him like, whoa. He's like, you counted? And he's like, the population of King's Landing. And it's just like, damn, that's a hammer thrown. Yeah. (laughs) Usually people throw gauntlets. But today, 
The hammer. <laughs> I hope that he gives this guy a promotion when he gets back. Does anybody else like that? Because those were good stitches, considering. Yeah. I mean, is it just me or should you not try and intimidate your doctor when he's working on your <laughs> severed limb? I mean, I, they were going at it a little bit and I was just like, uh-oh, not good, not good. No, I feel bad. But he put a nice little um, balm on on Jamie's um, wound and it seemed to wrap it up pretty well. And yeah, I think these guys are going to get along pretty well moving forward. It's good to learn more about Jamie, and I completely agree with what you guys have been saying. His arc is great. He did some shit, but who hasn't in this series? This is not a, a show or a story filled with perfect people. Everyone has their shit. Some people's are worse than others, but it's what you do now, not what you did in the past, that continues to define you as you move forward. So maybe he doesn't want to be known as the king slayer baby hater anymore. You know, he just wants to be <laughs> baby <a> hater. <laughs> It sounded cool. Yeah, Sorry. No, with Bran, it works. Bran was like a baby and he threw him out the window. Yeah. One that. thing I thought was kind of interesting was when he said to uh, Roose Bolton before he left, he's like, tell Rob Stark. I'm sorry I can't make his uncle's wedding. <laughs> As you can tell, it's late. It's because it is late. It's because we record these episodes right after the episode aired and some people aren't on the West Coast, or none of us are. But you're on the very East Coast, Selena. Extremely East, right? I'm very, very far East. Yes, you're right. Well, I'm sure, uh, you know, considering this great topic of uh, geography that we've all been discussing, that uh, there are many of our listeners spread throughout the world who also watch tonight's episode and have their own owns to share with us. But before that, let's go around our little table here, our little small council, Mm -hmm. What were each of your owns of this week's episode? Can I go? No. Yeah. You last. (laughs) You're going to need to go second, at least, Eric. (laughs) So so mine's going to be- Yes, you can go first, Eric. No, mine's going to be bronze style of management. He says, waste your time trying to get everyone to like you. You'll be the most popular dead man in town. That was a good one. Bron is a man of action. Yep. Absolutely. I wrote that one down, too, actually. I did, too. Who's next? You want to go, Fury? Ours is the furry. Okay. Uh, best own of the week is pretty obviously um, the response for OSHA. Uh, Hodor. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I, I couldn't. I clearly can't match his magic, but you get the gist of it. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. Good own. Absolutely. A gone. Uh, mine was uh, I I I feel like such a traitor for not giving it to Jamie. I just feel like that's such an obvious one. Like if I just said Jamie, people would be like, "Womp womp," you know. <laughs> so I'm actually going to give it to a line by Jon Snow because I believe this is the first time he's ever made me laugh. Maybe it's the second. I'm not sure. Ooh. Um, when he when Orel was like trying to school him on something, and he go and and John goes, "Oh, you'll you'll tell me all what what did he say." Oh, you'll share it with me. The deep wisdom you found inside the head of a bird. (laughs) That line just, I hope that George actually wrote that because I heard that line and I was like, yep, there you go. (laughs) That's the book. Girls listening. That's how us guys argue, actually. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to have to give my own to Egret. And it was a nice little uh, parlay of words between the two of them. It's a budding romance. Some would say it has already bloomed. Some would say it is still budding. Some would say they don't want to refer to it as a flower. So those people, I apologize. But John and Grit were having a conversation. And John was like, we would travel 
and go places. We could go to here. And also, oh, we took the King's Road for this when we came back up from here. She turned to John and she said, oh, Jon Snow, you and your roads. And I just love that. I just think that. That <laughs> says a lot. You and your roads. Like, what an insult, right? Like, it just grasping at insults to give John. <laughs> we didn't have roads where I'm from. <laughs> oh, you Southerners. You Southerners. <laughs> I don't, I don't either. Yeah. So that's my own. My own has to go to Bart the Bear, a.k.a. Winter Boo, <laughs> who is, uh, you know, recovering from a little bit of a shoulder surgery after he got hit with an arrow. Uh, yes. But I've I've checked in with uh, with Bart's trainer. He's doing well. Uh, but <laughs> I, I would just like to say I thought that he did a very good job uh, in his first um, you know, television appearance. Guys, and, uh, yeah. You know, I think we're up there. I think we can get Bart the bear on the show don't you think we should make some calls so. yeah uh, i yeah. don't know right <laughs> i don't want to be in i don't know if i want to be on the same show with a with a vicious mauling bear i don't know i would love to be on the show with bart the you bear. know my insurance <laughs> doesn't allow me to podcast with the bears <laughs> <laughs> wait we have insurance <laughs> we well i i I have, I have insurance i took out an insurance policy on the show you never know what That's you're getting good. into. You know, you talk about different things. It's... Well, I assure everyone, I don't insure everyone. I do assure everyone that Eric <laughs> is here and he will be here right now, directly after I'm done speaking. Reading the tweets in seconds or more. Just Our good friend Christian M.E. says, own of the episode, <laughs> Tywin say, I was just waiting. Who's paying attention? Who's hanging on to my We're here. We're here. Okay. We're here. Okay. Okay. Christian Emmy says, own of the episode, Tywin saying, we could arrange to have you carried. Also, the instrumental version of Reigns of Castamere. So I assume that was yeah. during the uh, the credit sequence? Yep. Yeah, that was nice. Right at the end. Next week comes from Lindsay Judy, and they say, own this week goes to Drogon for protecting his mom on Mother's Day. Aw. Aw. Egret is clowning Jon Snow hard. Quote, Ooh, you like girls who swoon, Jon Snow? Oh no, a spider. Save me, Jon Snow. Save me. <laughs> I do agree. And clowning. What a good way to, 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 to own somebody is to clown. Um, anyway, Giselle G also agrees about Drogon. Drogon gets the own because no one disrespect mama and gets away with it. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Dylan Manwoody <laughs> says, my own goes to the golden chain that Tyrion gives to Shay. People who've read the books will know what that means. Okay. Wonder we had to kill to get that chain. Mm. Elizabeth Ann, Winter Boo owned Brienne's wooden sword. Bijaya, I believe, uh, on Twitter says, Arya owned the old gods, the new gods, and Roller. Death is the one true god. Roller. Roller that. Roller. It's okay. It's okay. It sounds the same. Just like ass high. Yes. Andy says, Speak, "Actually, Roller is from Ass High." Oh, whoa! <laughs> that's, that's a coincidence. Andy says, "Redbeard Wildling completely owned John and Egret intimacy." Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also, yes. Oh, Sharik Torres also uh, replied again. Arya had the best own of the night. Her god is death. That is one jaded kid. Yeah. I would tend to agree. That's true. We should uh, probably send a mental health advisor to go and speak with Arya. Guidance counselor. Yeah. We did. It's called the Hound. He's like, listen, I had problems growing up too. We got an interesting Come own on. for George here. Adam Baldwin wrote in and said, George R. R. <laughs> Martin 
totally owned that episode, but only the book readers will know why. So many nods to the readers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How do they juggle all those things? He juggled a lot of storylines. <laughs> <laughs> um, Elena F. says, Marguerite owns Sansa with all the crash course in sex ed. So there's that. <laughs> How do you know all these things? Oh, <laughs> My mother told me. Told me. <laughs> My yeah. mother taught yeah. me, yes. <laughs> we got a tweet from Key and Gaffney. This is, talk about book things to come. It says, Jamie's line is a pre-own Quote, the Lannisters send their regards, end quote. You shall see the payoff will be the greatest own of them all. Alan McFarland says, you are being counseled now. Tywin totally owns Joffrey. Actually, Tywin just owns, period. I would agree with that. <laughs> and uh, somebody, to wrap up the tweets, we had a tweet from Scott Glennon, who says, uh, at us, this is not necessarily an own, but I think it owns, uh, Scott says, yep, they just called Julia Louise Dreyfus the Khaleesi from D.C. And uh, that's hashtag HBO crossover. So I don't know where And that her name came is from. in the show is Selena, so we all know what that means. Oh. Ego, that's what it means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to be a Khaleesi. Well, so thank you, everyone, for submitting your owns. We will continue to collect those for our next mailbag episode. Um, and please remember that if you want to tweet us, you can do so. Our Twitter handle is the show title Game of Owns. That was Eric Skull reads tweets in seconds. Yeah. Go, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Woo. All right. Well, listen, it's late. It's super late. People need to sleep and stuff, but we drive on because we have a few more things to mention. And that's mostly the housekeeping stuff. But I did want to give an honorable mention to someone on Twitter, Lindsay Judy, who actually I think did just tweet an own to us, but she tweeted us recently. She said, I just made a Twitter account to follow Game of Owns on Twitter. So first off, that's cool. I think we all get little props for that. That's, that's an own. That's, that's an own. That's cool. That's really cool. Uh, number two, she tweeted us again. And I. she so far, this is one of the best responses I've ever seen. We've asked people over the course of the show probably for like, 12 months. I mean, not that long. Sometime during the summer, we uh, stumbled upon the Littlefinger joke in the book when we were doing chapter by chapter. Or, or Tyrion, when he was talking about the uh, uh, taking the honeycomb and the, uh, and the donkey into the brothel, and we're like, hey, people make up something funny to do that. Well, she did, and it's hilarious. She says, okay, Game of Owens challenge accepted. Tyrion took the donkey and the honeycomb in the brothel to sell some sweet ass to Littlefinger. Right? Oh, right? There you go. <laughs> That's really funny. funny. Right? That's good for you. So thank you, Lindsay. Uh, that's how our Twitter is supposed to be used, everyone that's listening. So please follow us. Send us your owns when it comes episode time. And like Eric said, we will have a mailbag episode coming up probably this Friday. Unless George calls us and said, hey, our episode was this week. Do you want to have me on? Then <laughs> we may have to push that until next week. So, yes, continue that stuff. Also, there's a lot on Facebook, and we'll be getting to that, too. Yes, we will. And if uh, Facebook, same deal as Twitter, guys. Game of Owns. Just do a search. Game of Owns on Facebook. It's true. You will find us. It is owned. You can uh, also head on over to iTunes, where uh, it's still the month of May, so we expect five stars. Nothing less is acceptable. (laughs) And uh, just to ensure that you guys are keeping up uh, on those reviews, we will read them on Friday, and I better see five stars. Otherwise, (laughs) once Winterboo recovers from his injury... We will set him loose on you. Oh, good God. Yep. Oh, and maybe we'll send dangerous. his best friend, Drogon, along with him as well. <sighs> See? They, they hang out, actually, outside the show. I've heard that. 
They go on Damn. smoke breaks. They have when when they have when they when they, when they happen to be filming at opposite ends of the same studio lot. They they often are seen smoking together. It's mainly Drogon that smokes. The bear just kind of stands there. <laughs> it's Game of Owns. We don't carry lighters with our pets. They light it for us. I'm Zach Louie. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Selena Wilkin. I'm like a Tannenbaum. Oh, and I'm the Fury. <laughs> oh. That's our scared sound. That's Marcos, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs>